What is up, everyone? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs. This is your hobby content alternative. Yes, it is. I'm a little delirious as I sit here and record this. Have been going and going and going and going this weekend, big time. It's been a ton of fun, but I am just running on fumes. I have a DC in my hand here, uh, chugged a bunch of coffee. Um, we had the one-year-old birthday party extravaganza over here at Stacking Slabs HQ today. I'm recording this post-party, post-cleanup. All you parents out there who have been the host of these birthday parties, this is my first rodeo. It is so much fun. We had a blast. Did the whole cake thing. Uh, had a ball pit. Shout out to uh, my sister for the ball pit and her husband. Haven't even opened up the gifts yet. Man, it's been one. It's been a doozy birthday weekend. My daughter turned one this past Friday. We went to the zoo. I took the day off of work. Saw all the animals. It was awesome. I had the birthday today on Sunday as we record this, the birthday party. And we got some Long's Donuts. Shout out to anyone in Indianapolis who's familiar with Long's Donut. It is an institution. Such a crowd pleaser for kids too. Just feed kids donuts and they will behave. That is something I have learned very early in my tenure as a parent. But it's been a blast and I am excited to be here with you talking about sports cards. I'd be remiss. And as this goes live, it probably seems like an eternity ago, and you probably all tried to black it out from your minds. That Colts-Broncos game on Thursday night was a doozy, huh? Yeah, ugly, to say the least. The offensive line woes of the Indianapolis Colts has been just brutal. Unexpected, just brutal. But when you can get out on the road on a short week with a dub, even if it doesn't look good, you kind of got to be okay with it. And that's the best. It is the best. You went on Thursday night, and then the games are going on now. I had the red zone going. It's like you're a little bit carefree. You don't play again for another 10 days. It's a good position to be in, although the offense did absolutely nothing to get you excited. If you're a Colts fan, the Colts D was something. Stephon Gilmore, geez, he is him, is what they were all saying in the locker room. And we got a Good one in Alec Pierce. A win is a win. You, do, you don't feel great about it, but you take them when you can get them. And I'm sure if your team won this past week, however they did it, you're enjoying that W. The NFL season is here. I feel like, and I said this, week five, it's kind of like coming up, or week six, you know, you're looking at your team, it's like, the next game or two, the performance that you're going to get, it's probably who your team is for the rest of the year. So settle in. Either you're going to be looking forward to winning and potentially going to the playoffs or going to the playoffs, or you're looking to next season and looking at that draft. It, we're on tilt right now in the NFL season, and the NBA, MLB playoffs happening, NBA seasons starting up. we got the you know preseason games going on. It is... This time, this time, the fall weather outside is beautiful. This is the best time to be a fan of sports. And it's also a great time to be a fan and a collector of sports cards. Have you been out to a show? Are you getting out there? Are you going in the wild? Are you meeting people from Instagram? 
Are you high-fiving? Are you taking selfies? Are you making trades? Are you buying off your buddies? All of those things came to fruition for me. Those shows that I know most of you um, do a good job of going out, documenting your experience on Instagram. People who don't get out of the house much like me get to sit and enjoy um, your hobby experience and your show experience. I actually got to get out this Saturday. So in between major events, we had the Midwest Monster in Fishers, Indiana. Just uh, so nice to have something like that in my backyard. It was, we, I went in May. This was the next show, October show. And it was just fun seeing so many people from the Instagram community coming into town, people saying nice things about Indy. I, I love it. And it's uh, anytime that show is coming around, I will be there and I will be doing whatever I can to support it. Um, I didn't get a chance to go to the Friday uh, edition. I was out at the zoo celebrating the daughter's first birthday, but I hit it up on Saturday. And like I mentioned from the last episode, made a pre-show deal with my man, Kevin Randall, the captain. So right when I walked in, I met up with him, took care of business, looked at his showcases, just chock full of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, some Mahomes, some other stuff in there. As I was sitting there, Jordan, Northwoods Cards Collector, came through. He uh, made the trip down from Wisconsin, got a chance to meet him in person for the first time. Shout out, Jordan. It was nice to chat with you. It was great to get a little Manning photo with uh, the captain and Jordan and myself. It's just fun. You, we spend all this time interacting with people online. In the time or two a year, we get a chance to see them in person and chat cards and just talk. It's, it's a special thing. And that's what I think. I know a lot of people talk about this, but definitely to me, it, the going to the shows and having the conversations um, building relationships, gathering information is the most important thing. I got to shout out my man too, Austin at Carlson Cards. Um, he set up, he's been, um, we've been going back and forth on Instagram and just had an awesome time meeting him and his wife, talking cards. Um, he gifted me a nice Andrew Luck that is filed away in the Luck PC. Um, that was completely unnecessary, but um, always will accept the gifts of Andrew Luck. So that was awesome. The couple things just from the show in general, and these are part of the conversations that I was having. It's just like there was some, and I want to make it sound like there was absolutely none, but you know, I'm going into the show. Um, and I'll talk a little bit about this in a second, but you know, not a lot of time just going in and trying to go through as as many tables and setups as possible, make at least a lap. And there's just, you don't see many Peyton Manning cards outside. And I'm taking the captain out of this, but you don't really see, it's a primary PC guy, so I'm going to talk about him, but like, you don't, you don't see him. And I think a lot of this, his stuff is stashed away in collections. And I think that is probably really good for the long-term uh, sustainability of the Peyton Manning market, if you want to think about it from that perspective. But like, I mean, we're, you know, in Fishers, you know, suburb adjacent, northern suburb to indianapolis you just like the expectation would just be like all right this is going to be a show where you're going to see a ton of rare and scarce Peyton mannings people they're going to be everywhere and that's just not the case and i think as i'm thinking about that show all the tables the setups 
I think about just the different showcases. And to me, the people, the, the dealers who stand out are those that specialize. They specialize in specific eras, players, types of products. I feel like that gets me to stop in my tracks. And even if it's something that I don't collect, I'm more likely to be engaged and have a conversation with them because I want to know the why behind what you have in the showcase. And I want to learn and I want to gather that sort of information. You know, I look at, you know, if if you were in need of Tom Brady cards or Peyton Manning cards, like the the best option you had was to go to see Kevin if you're at the Midwest Monster. And I think that just makes someone stand out and be memorable. You know, the Midwest Monster is 375 tables. And I just think about just like how vast the hobby is, how many different types of cards there are, how many different types of sports those cards can be in. And I think about myself personally, and I know a lot of you probably go through this when you go to shows, like my area of focus is only the tiniest sliver of what's in that room. And so that's why I think doing the work to find out what dealers are going to be in the room, what inventory they have in advance is really critical for me personally. I'm trying to specialize my time. Um, I'm trying to get in as many conversations. I'm trying to get in as much from that couple hours that I have when I can go to a show. And one thing that as I, as I can, I'm not, again, I don't go to shows every week and I'm not a veteran. I don't get out there like many of you. But what I do know about myself is I hate shopping. I absolutely don't go to retail. I don't go to the mall. I don't want to be sold anything. Um, I don't want to look around. I don't want to window shop. I don't want to browse. That is not my personality type. What I do want is I want to do the work on the back end, the search, explore, find and then focus all of my time and energy on trying to acquire that specific thing that I want. And so I think about that, and I think about the time in, in the hobby and the time at card shows, and it's just do whatever I can to maximize it. Because I'll tell you this, I, this isn't exclusive to the Midwest Monster. I know it, it goes across every show imaginable, across every country who hosts a show, most of the time, like a lot of the showcases are the same type of stuff. And it's that new, it's that mainstream, it's came out of recent products, are the trendy guys that the people with platforms are talking about. They're the status cards, they're the, you know, the, the flavor of the week. It just seems to me that most of the time, that's a majority of it. And that's not a bad thing. That's servicing a specific segment of the hobby. And we are a vast hobby with many different interests, uh, many different desires of collectors, investors, flippers, whatever your persona may be. But it, it leans heavy on the you know brand new, trendy, unproven. And that's okay, not dissing it. So that just makes it even more and more of a challenge to, to make sure that if I don't care about that stuff, that I'm not going to waste time at a show digging through 75% of the showcases that are that. So pre-show deals, pre-show work, talked about it last week, but I think is more critical than ever. So shout out to the Midwest Monster. You're thinking about going out to a show, traveling somewhere in the Midwest. Keep your eye on that show because it's a really good time. And I know a lot of people who were set up felt the same way too. And I think as I get into the next thing, let me take a sip of my uh, my Diet Coke that's unofficially sponsoring my life. 
Um, Diet Coke is no sugar, no calories, and it's just a phenomenal product. Makes me, probably pollutes me inside, but it's crisp, it's refreshing. You know, the thing that really gets me is when I go into a restaurant and I say, I'll take a Diet Coke, and they say, Diet Pepsi? Question mark. And I say, yeah, okay, Diet Pepsi. And I don't know. It's just not the same. It's, it's comparing apples and oranges to me. I don't think Diet Pepsi is terrible, but to me, it doesn't hold a candle to the unofficial sponsor of today's episode, Diet Coke, which is just a beverage that I'm about. I'm behind. It's always there when you need it. I'm such a DC degenerate that living in the city here in Indy, it, uh, most of the grocery stores, they only got the 12 packs, okay? So again, like you're going to the show or store, you're shopping. I don't want to load up a bunch of 12ers. I want the 24. So what do I do? I go to Amazon every week. I buy two cases of Diet Coke and they're typically gone, okay? They're typically gone by the next week rolls around. It's a vice, man. We all have them. I used to have way worse vices, trust me. But now it's Diet Coke. So if you're looking for a bright spot on your day, you're looking for a change of pace, you're looking to get refreshed, Diet Coke, try it out. All right, enough for that unofficial plug. I had a monster freaking card come into my hemisphere, okay? A monster card come into my hemisphere, and it was like an RKO out of nowhere. I think timing in the hobby is always hilarious. It just, no matter what, no matter how hard you plan, no matter how hard you try to get everything together to be prepared, you can never be prepared. So I think it's always after you find a card you've been hunting and break the bank on it, like typically another card just pops up the next day. I think it's the stuff that makes it impossible to completely predict predict or plan your hobby fate. You've got to kind of just, even I know it's against a lot of type A people's personalities, but you got to give up, like throw your hands up and let go of control and just enjoy the ride. It's part of the fun of the hobby, I think. Not knowing and letting go and just kind of riding the roller coaster, it's a lot of fun. I think the most important thing I've learned in the hobby is to leverage the PC at for when something unexpected happens and know that your PC is always evolving. I think for me, I sat here this weekend and I was thinking about the Midwest monster and the amount of money that I wanted to bring and how I wanted to think about it. And I don't know, it's nice to have a bankroll going into a, a show, but I think it can also open you up to spending your money on something because you feel like you have to. And then you end up selling that card, maybe at a loss a couple months later. I think setting parameters for everything you do is everything. It's it's really good to set boundaries. And so for me, I didn't know what was going to be in the room at the Midwest Monster. And I was thinking, okay, I want to take this amount out. I already made a deal with the captain. Well, that completely changed. And I'm totally cool with it because Monster card that came up, if it popped up, if it was at the show, I would have gone out to the chase and got out with the money and bought the card. But it came to me the night before, which completely changed how I approached the show. And I'm happy, actually, it ended up working itself out. So here's, a, here's how it went. And I think the punchline of all of this is the, the nurturing, the management, and the building of relationships in the hobby is absolutely everything. It is everything. Because if you're not doing that, then 
you don't have the opportunity at some of the cards that'll change the trajectory of your collection. So I got a DM. I saw the blue dot Thursday night from Jake, 90s b-ball cards. And it, right in the middle of the Colts game, like I checked my DMs on IG real quick and just, I was like, I'm not going to respond to them. I just want to see what I got. And I saw one from Jake and it was awesome. I always enjoy the DMs and chatting with them. But after the Colts went to overtime, they won. It was late. I had to wake up to go to the zoo the next day. So I didn't get a chance to go to the phone. I think sometime in the morning of Friday, I looked at Jake's text and it was something about, hey, my buddy just pulled a ridiculous card. I think you might be interested in it. Would you, do you want to see it or whatever? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So what he sends me, I couldn't believe. He sent me as a massive Roman Reigns fan, as a Roman Reigns collector, pretty serious collector. I have several one of ones. I'm a big fan. He sends me a picture of the Roman WWE Select, which is one of my favorite wrestling products that that has come out full stop. Roman Reigns ringside, one of one. So I've been buying up the gold ringsides of guys I like. One of my favorite wrestling cards in the ringside, the same as the field level or court side, same thing. The one of one of my favorite guy that I PC had been pulled. And it was pulled by one of Jake's friends. So immediately I'm, you know, asking, is he going to sell it, whatever. And Jake said, if you're interested, I can have him reach out to you. So reached out to me. A couple, I said, absolutely, have him message me. So I had this full day. We did the zoo. We did some fla margaritas, shout out, fajitas, bunch of stuff. Action-packed day. I get home, put my daughter down, get a DM from the individual who had knew Jake who had pulled this card. And immediately I asked him, started sourcing him. Looking for a trade, cash, cash trade. Said, you know, I he told me some specific people he collect, which I didn't have. And he said, I'm looking for cash. So I'm sitting there. I have Roman Reigns, ones of one of one little wing going in my PC. And I know this is a card that I have to have. That was my mentality. I'm never going to get another shot at this. And this is a card that I just never thought I would have a chance at. And so we get into the, negotiation process and um the initial price was thrown out and i made mention that a comp that was thrown out was bought kind of up during during the run-up and if you look at the data and then i threw a comp out which was the john cena that had been pulled ringside one of one and just said basically you know this is same card one of one same parallel Roman Cena, similar prices. Roman probably higher because of, you know, he's active. And that was the response back. You know, Roman, I would want a little more. So I threw an offer out. There was a counter. Then I said, give me a minute. Give me a minute was just taking a step back from the deal and negotiation and just thinking about it in solitude. And when I thought about it in solitude, I, I, I could not find a reason that I don't fork up the cash to get this card right now. And that's when you know. And it, it stars align. PC guy, one of one, one of one of a product that you like, one of one of a 
of a the parallel of the product that you love. Um, will you ever get a chance at this card again? No, everything just lined up. So then thinking about the financials behind it, it's, you know, if, if I'm buying a card that's that significant, typically it's not going to work for me just to be like, all right, well, I'm just going to buy this card and then I'm not going to do anything about it. I'm just going to enjoy it and not try to sell anything. Typically, I'm going to try to sell stuff because I think that's the fortune we have as collectors. We build up this equity and trust me, I don't like to, I, I, it's hard for me to sell stuff. It's the easiest for, easiest time for me to sell is if I put a sub out, get the cards back. And once I get the cards back, say I'm selling these. And so they're not in my possession for long. The longer they're in my possession, the harder it is for me to sell. So in this instance, I basically asked the first question is like, okay, this Roman card, you're never going to get a chance at it again. Now look at your other cards. Are you ever going to get a crack at those? And majority of the cards are like, yep, I'd get another chance if I really wanted, wanted it. So that's helpful. But then when, when you buy a car that's that significant, you have to sell, to you're selling eventually to like recoup the cost to take advantage of your PC. It gets into the territory where you, you're real, like if you're going to make dents in getting that money back through your PC, you're going to have to give up some nice cards. It's, you're, it's just the way it is. And that's what it was for me. So sitting here and I was like, I lined up all the cards that I think would cover the cost. We'll see. Got to run them at auction. More on that in a second. That's what we're going to close out with. But I uh, sitting there and I'm like, okay, there's this card. Now here are all these other cards. What do you do? And I didn't even think twice about it. And that's when I slid back to the DMs. I said, hey, brother, thank you for giving me the opportunity here. Let's, how do you want this? Sent the money over. He got the money, got the tracking. and the card, as I'm recording this, the card is supposed to land on Tuesday. So I don't have this, don't have it in hand, but um, with the holiday, he overnighted it. There's a holiday on Monday. Um, I should have this card in hand and then live for the, the, about the time that this goes live. So man, the benefit of knowing people in the hobby, that's the punchline of this story. But I'm so fortunate to get this card that I never thought I'd have a chance at. And now it's part of the, the next phase of it. And the next phase of it for me is selling some cards that I really love. But that's the fun of it. It's making these moves and making it happen. So I want to thank everyone involved in that deal. Really, really appreciate it. And I am so pumped to get this card and share it with all of you. I love cards. I hope you love cards too. If you're not already... Follow me across all the social channels at Stacking Slabs. If you're enjoying this, hit the follow, subscribe, tell a damn friend, would you? I hope you enjoyed the episode with Matt McDoyle, McDoyle Sports. Loved his conversation about longevity, consistency. His collection was insane. These are the people we need to try to learn from. The loudest people who are online and people, loudest people in the room aren't always the wisest. Matt kind of stays in the shadows and just buys kick-ass cards. So I hope you enjoyed all the knowledge that he shared. I am having another hobby pal on this show this week. My man, Pac Nicholson. He's a big Bears guy. He's been having fun buying football cards. We're going to talk a lot about just getting back into collecting sports, collecting teams, and just what he's doing. I think you'll really enjoy that one. So make sure you check it out. I got some work to do ahead of me. And I've been thinking about this, been posting a lot of cards myself. It sucks. 
My man Nick Worf Sports Cards took a job at PWCC. Congrats on that, Nick. He's been there doing a good job over at PWCC, but he was who I consigned with before. And so I've been posting these cards. And so for me, I'm like, this round, I'm probably going to post them myself. But I, that's when I sourced the community. I said, talk to me about who, who, you're, who you can sign with. And so that's what I want to close out with. I think we're always looking for um, new consigners. And it's really one of those things that it's about trust. Word of mouth. Someone's referring someone you love. They've had a good experience. So we might as well facilitate that and share that. So I'm going to put this out on Instagram. I'm going to share some responses. So Rosenfield Auctions, volume accumulation, tons of shout outs for volume accumulation, cardiac sports, PC sports, MC sports cards, DC sports, 87, the coach collection, PC sports card for ease of use, customer service, grading straight to consignment, my man, world combat, volume accumulation, Wolverines collector, 80, PWCC, Charles Smith, 99, eBay, Remains the best and cleanest. CDC cards, PC sports cards, investor hobby, DC sports 87, Jonathan Taylor cards. Um, never done it, but okay. Had a chat with someone and loves PWCC. Okay. Justin ZPC, DC sports cards 87, corner taken quickly. PWCC, mostly 90s basketball cards. I miss Wharf, me too. The PC sports card has a nice online system and is always doing grading. Um, Apocalypse cards, Corey, PWCC, Modest Card Collection, Volume Accumulation, Darren Midlife Crisis cards, Volume Accumulation. So there's a plug to some consigners out there. Go check out their stuff. If you use them, I'd love to hear about it. We should all be sharing good experiences we have with other hobby businesses. I'm so freaking excited about this Roman card. God, I love this hobby. Hopefully you all enjoyed this episode. Check out Pack Nicholson this Friday. Sports card, baby. It is amazing. It is all about building. You got to collect. Do what you love. Find the passion. But always remember the hobby is an escape. You take care. Take care of everyone else around you. More stacking slabs on the other side of this on Friday. Peace out. Peace out.